Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. These shows are brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. Well, we, Heidi, speaking of friends, we have a great friend on the show today, don't we? Yes, we do, Mom. Our guest today has done a fabulous cable television show, and we've interviewed her many times on YouTube, and she's also an Open to Hope writer. Mm -hmm. um, as you know, her name is Mary Jane Cronin. She's a licensed counselor in private practice in Largo, Florida. And we we're just talking to her about the fact that she has written five books. Yeah. One of her books is called November Morning, which talks all about her journey through the darkness and back into the light. And she will tell us today, Mom, as you know, tips and tools for finding hope again and for transforming your losses. Absolutely. That's going to be great. And I know this is an important show for a lot of people that are watching today. Welcome to the show, Mary Jane. Hi, Mary Jane. Hi, thank you so much for inviting me, Gloria and Heidi. It is something that is a life-changing event for all those who lose a loved one, especially a child. Jeremy died 20 years ago. Oh, 20. Year. I love to see you along the journey. I ran into somebody uh, at lunch the other day. We were saying, how many kids do you have? Because her grandchild was there. And she said, well, um, I have four, but technically I have five because my daughter died. Well, you know, this is in, in a, a, a public restaurant. And, you know, as you know, people who have had a loss, that's the opening to say, oh, what happened? Because they're saying to you, I want to I tell this. I want to acknowledge this. And this is true. For the longest time, I've suffered with that question because I didn't know what to say. I found myself saying, I have three sons on earth and one in heaven. Mm -hmm. And then you get the response where they go, oh, I'm so sorry. And they may ask you what happened. And you have to be able to talk about it and not tear up. She did well with it because I, I said, she said, uh, I know you never get over it. She said that to me as along with that. And I said, well, actually, I've lost the child and you don't get over it. But I said, I used to feel like I had a 15 pound backpack on my back and I don't feel that way anymore. I've got a very happy life and a lot of great memories. So I was recently uh, doing a Toastmaster speech. And I did it about the compassionate friends and how much they had helped me along the way. And that you get to the point where people ask you and you can respond with a smile and a good memory and not jump right to that day. And she said to me as she left, wow, that's good to know. Because you really, after three years, you're not feeling that way. No. Uh, 20 years ago, you certainly weren't in the place you are now. I'm not. I was a very nurturing mother. I was very protective of my children. The evening that he was murdered, three of my sons went out. They asked me if they could go play cards at a friend's house. I told them, yes, they could go. I received a call at 2 a.m. from the sheriff's department saying there'd been an accident and to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. I did not know which one of my children I didn't know if it was a car accident. I didn't know anything. I got to the hospital and I was told that he had been shot, that he had been murdered by wow. another boy at that card game. Wow. I totally withdrew into myself. 
I did not go into the hospital room to see him. I made a conscious choice not to do that. Mm-hmm. Some people, that closure is better for them. For me, I know that it was better not to go so that I have the memory of the positive son that I loved. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, we hear both sides of the coin. Some people are angry because they're, I remember one woman who was carrying an actual picture of her son at the morgue and she was so angry because her husband had stopped her from seeing it and on and on. But there is some research that shows that uh, early on, if you do see the body, it gets you into developing awareness sooner. But six months later, it actually, they've looked at people six months later and it really doesn't matter. At the time, I was able to have a open casket funeral for Jeremy. That was when I was able to have my closure to see that, to have his family, friends be there and witness that closing. Had I not, I think my mind would have been playing those denial games that we talk about, that he was at work or he was at his friends and I would not have healed appropriately. Of course, we still yearn and search for them and look for them and wake up and think it didn't happen and doesn't matter one way or the other. The bed's still empty. The room's still empty as the time goes on. Tell us your growth story. My growth story, I was working for the Home Shopping Network, believe it or not, when he was shot. I was given a lot of emotional support, but I left and I went to work for hospice. Mm. As I started writing November morning, I was writing letters to heaven, writing letters to Jeremy, and through writing that book, I was able to heal myself. I found taking care of myself, talking about him to other people, having them share with me, journal writing. These, all these things helped me come to an acceptance. Now, when I say accept, that doesn't mean that I'm okay with it, because Mm -hmm. even now a song will come on the radio and I will get tearful. But through those avenues, I was able to help other people. I started working for hospice and I helped people prior to the death and after the death. Now, how far, how long was it after Jeremy was killed started with hospice? It was six years. I applied the first time and they told me it was too early. And I was, what do you mean it's too early? I want to help other people. They said, you have to help yourself first. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand it then, but I understood it now. I had to get to the point where I was healing and being empathetic, but not taking my journey into theirs. So it did. It took about six years before I was able to go work for them. Your uh, four steps to get through. What are those? Well, the first one, of course, is talking to other people. If you hold it in, you're going to think you're the only person that's going through these feelings. When you talk to other people who have been through a loss, especially a child loss such as yours, then you're able to normalize it a little bit better in your brain. The other thing I did was research. I went to the library, I went online looking for books and articles 
for other people that had lost children. It gave me the understanding of what was going on. It gave me the privilege of not realizing that I did anything wrong. I wrestled with that for the longest time. In my research, that helped me. I went to uh, Compassionate Friends. I also went to another organization, uh, Parent Bereaved Parents of USA. I talked to them. And in my community, I actually went and talked to networking events of people that were in the healthcare field. And the reason I did that is because they are working with families of people that are dying. They need to know how to respond, how to help them. So by sharing what helped me, they're learning what can help them. Now you, you chose not to do uh, connect with other people whose kids had been murdered. I tried connecting with them. It was a little too hard for me. Okay. Um, I found that I wasn't able to keep my emotions in check. Mm. Mm -hmm. now, I know it's a great organization here in Florida. It wasn't as available to me as I was hoping. Mm -hmm. Now, possibly that's something I can continue along the way now. It's kind of interesting because some, some people say that about any group. It's so hard to hear the other stories. So I was wondering when, when Mary Jane said it was hard to keep your emotions in check, it was it hard because now everybody was talking about murder and just going back in your head about the fact that Jeremy was murdered was just too hard? That was it. That was one of the reasons. When I had talked to the uh, victim advocate at the hospital, she was so wonderful to help me through the trial and all the circumstances. But when I said I wanted to do this, she said, well, remember, you'd be coming out to uh, scenes where people were killed. Oh, wow. And I realized I couldn't do that. Were, were I you, think you're exactly right. So, so Mary Jane, were you angry that Jeremy was killed, was murdered? I was very angry. The circumstances were that he was killed by somebody that he knew. And the involvement, the reason, I was angry at Jeremy for being there. I was angry at the boy because, you know, the rumor was at the time 20 years ago that he was robbing Jeremy. That oh, he was wow. trying to take his money and then he killed him. Wow. Well, how much money did he really need? Right. right. And, and, and Mary Jane, the reason I'm asking that, I, I, it's totally normal that you were angry. I think most of us would be very angry, but I'm wondering, you're not, I mean, I know you and my mom knows you and you don't seem now like an angry person. So I'm wondering how you got to where you are today. I mean, with that, with the fact that your son is murdered, how do you work through that kind of anger? One of the things that I did was ask Jeremy for peace. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing for me to realize as a mom was that I was not in control of everything. You know, just because you tell them not to do something doesn't mean they won't do it. Right. When you let them out of your sight, you are at a risk of something happening to them. Yeah. It was not Jeremy's fault. It right. was not anyone else's fault. I spent a lot of time in anger. Mm. And every time I would boil up, and I would be so mad and I wouldn't want anybody to ask me about him. But that wasn't helping Jeremy and that's not what he would have wanted for me. 
I sat at the cemetery and asked him to help me no longer be angry and learn to benefit and learn to help others from doing this. That's I love that. And was there a, forgive, a forgiveness element in that? I had to forgive Jeremy for being where he was. That was a dangerous place. I, I'm not overly religious. I attend church. And one day I attended and the pastor asked me about forgiving the boy who killed Jeremy. Well, I wasn't ready. She explained to me that by not forgiving him, I'm holding hot coals in my hand. I'm hurting myself, not hurting the boy who killed him. He doesn't know how I'm feeling. Right. And all it was doing was doing terrible things inside of me. So to say that I forgive him, I want to say yes, I will never forget. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have, have you, is he, is he in prison? Have you seen him? And did you go, was there a trial? Did you have to testify? There was a trial. I had to testify. He was given 21 years. He served 19 years and he was released last year. Wow. Now, when he was released, that was very hard on my other children. Mm -hmm. They feared that he would come after them. I feared that something would happen, but he's 40 years old now. Mm -hmm. He wants to put this behind him as well. I have never talked to him. It would not do me any good to say, why did you do this? Right. Because it's not gonna make me feel better. Right. It's or not gonna bring Jeremy back. Right. Or bring Jeremy back. How are, how are you, you have three surviving boys? Yes, I do. And how are, how are they doing? Because they've, they've been through a lot. I mean, two of them were there, it sounds like, yes. the night he was murdered. He, um, Jeremy died in my one son's arms. Uh -oh. And I will be honest and say that it has been a difficult 20 years for him. Mm -hmm. My other son was kept in the house, so they didn't let him go outside and see Jeremy. And my fourth son was only 10 years old at the time and he was at home with a babysitter. But they have all worked through their own way. Mm -hmm. They've written music. Some of them stopped singing because all of them played music together. Jeremy played bass and the other two played guitar. Yeah. And my middle son was not able to play music because it made him so sad for mm -hmm. a long period of time. Mm -hmm. So each one of them takes those memories and uses them in positive ways. So what advice would you have to parents out there that are worried about their surviving boys? How, what do you, did you find helpful? What was helpful for these boys to find hope again? To say learn from my mistakes because I retreated inward. I was so focused on the fact that I lost a son. I did not focus on they lost a brother. I didn't talk to them about it. I didn't have them go see counselors. We didn't do anything in those first few years. It was only later that we had a counselor come and they all started talking and they all started healing. But you have to remember your other children and you have to remember that they have lost a sibling. Well, well I love what you're saying. I love what you're saying, don't you, Mom? Because Mary yeah. Jane, 
you didn't initially you were so overwhelmed with your own grief that it was difficult but years later you brought a counselor in so it's never too late to, to get help that is true and in saying i want to have everyone talk about how we feel and if there's anything i could have done because i wanted to make sure that they knew that i was concerned about them as well and not just losing jeremy well i'll have to tell you one thing though mary jane i was in the therapy business when scott uh, died and i got everybody into therapy <laughs> all three girls went to therapy like twice right heidi yes and they weren't ready for it no I, I was thinking the same thing mom when mary jane was saying that siblings surviving siblings sometimes aren't ready we're worried about our parents we're trying to shelf our grief so that we can live our life and then like you said we revisit it years later oftentimes which is what your boys did i was afraid to cry in front of them they were afraid to cry in front of me in yep. those early times they would talk to their friends that's great jamie was living in another place in an apartment with a roommate when i went over there they had a picture of jeremy right at the door frame so everyone could see that uh and so they talk to the people they need to talk to they feel comfortable talking to that's great well um before we close the show if you got a couple of pieces of advice you would like to give to people, particularly the ones who are, say, in the first three years or so, what would it be? First of all, I would say give yourself permission to grieve. I used to feel bad when I cried and feel bad when I didn't cry. Whatever you feel like doing is okay. This is your grief. This isn't your neighbor's grief or someone else's. It's yours. It's your personal grief. Take time to be kind to yourself. Take a walk. Take a rest. Let yourself know that you need to heal. Don't try to rush back and do everything. Journal writing was something that was very important to me. And if you are newly in your grief, Sometimes you don't feel comfortable sharing it with other people, but you can share it to paper. Mm -hmm. And that was very beneficial for me. So how do people get your books? Uh, you've got more than one book, but um, how do they get your books? And November Morning is uh, one that's an important book for you. And how do they find it? And uh, you, they can find you on Open to Hope because you're one of our Open to Hope writers, but where else can we find you? You can also find me on my website, which is maryjanecronin.com. So it's M-A-R-Y-J-A-N-E-C-R-O-N-I-N.com. My books are on Amazon, but if you order them through my website, I can autograph them for you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you, Mary Jane. You are a great example of hope after loss. And thank you for being so honest and open about your story. And please, everybody out there, go to Open to Hope and Google Mary Jane Cronin once you get on Open to Hope and you will see her wonderful cable television show. Thanks so much, thank Mary. You, thank you, Heidi. And thanks, everybody, for uh, watching this show today. And Heidi and I, and I'm sure Mary Jane, want to say to you, if you've lost hope, please lean on ours till you find your own. And God bless.